G'day, it's Monday morning. Welcome to the Mailbag Sin City Review podcast. It was the third and final day at Randwick for the championship series and I reckon there's some pretty good performances on the card overall. There's one or two disappointing races, but no doubt I will be able to jump into those in great detail with the assistance of Mark Roden and Rob Scurry. Mark, I'll start with yourself. A good weekend for yourself by the sounds? Uh, yeah, I just about won at Randwick, thanks to Lifeless Ordinary and the JRA, JRA Place. I uh, found a couple at Kembla, which made it a good day. And yeah, it was a pretty good day's racing. There are a couple um, that look like they're going to be pretty major players in the spring, perhaps. Yeah, I would agree with that. Rob Scurry, for yourself, uh, how would you find the day there at Randwick? I look, I, I knew it was going to be, <clears throat> sorry, a, a tough day. Um, nothing really jumped out at me all day before, you know, I was looking at the meeting for a few days and was pretty sure it was going to be a rails and run day again. Um, Rubisaki thought it was, you know, if we got to the evens, price was a bit bet. But no, I lost, um, you know, Saturday night, dark night of the soul, mate. It was, it was tough, <laughs> but, you know, by Sunday evening, I was back, baby. In love with the game again. <laughs> It's just magnificent how it levels you out sometimes. Uh, Mark, just uh, just quickly on how the track played there on Saturday. It did seem that certainly in the shorter distance races, the rails weren't the place to be and there was probably a slight advantage to being on pace for some of the races. But did you have too much or did you have a, a firm opinion of how the, the track played overall and if anything, if uh, there was any contributing factors to it? Um, yeah, I, I think tempo was the biggest. It, I mean, the rails at seven, which is a pretty pretty big figure for, for mm. Randwick anyway. So just just in, you know, geographical terms, you know, geometrical terms, it's going to be harder to make ground on a seven-metre rail. But um, a lot of the races were slowly run, I thought, especially early. Uh, I think people were probably getting a little bit carried away with the on-pace, um, you know, the on-pace pattern of the track off some pretty slow places early. Um, and I think we saw in some of the faster races it was certainly possible to make ground. Uh, swooping obviously wasn't. I don't think, you know, circumnavigating the field was ever going to be much good, but uh, it was certainly possible to make some ground if the, if the pace was there. Okay, very good. I uh, will review races three, two, eight. Uh, we might touch on race nine, Rob, unfortunately, but we'll just touch on it briefly. <laughs> um, but we'll start with race three, which is the, uh, the, the car stakes. And look, Ruby Saki, I mean, it was one of those where, I guess on paper, you, you looked at the race and you, you thought, how exactly are they going to beat beat her in the form that she's in and uh, look it, it pretty much panned out that way they've gone even for the class in terms of tempo to the 600 but Ruby Saki's just recorded some some strong splits as she's been doing all prep and just put the field away uh, Mark I'll start with yourself any play at all in race three uh, no I, I saw it much the same Ruby Saki wasn't ever going to be in my sort of price range mm. um, and I thought um, I thought that betting around it was pretty foolhardy People trying to make cases. Rocket Clock was really well backed. Um, uh, I, I was trying to give her some chance, but I didn't. I didn't like her trial really. I thought there was a horse called Key to something or other that she was pushed out and couldn't get past, and it, it's a provincial horse at best. So that trial suggested to me she wasn't um, quite wound up or at her best. Uh, so yeah, as a betting medium, it was it wasn't of much interest to me. Uh, really interested to see this good run from Subpoenaed, who's always had a wrap on it. And, and shown some ability, but they, you know, really stuffed her into her, this prep taking her out to 2,000 and straight back to 1,400 here. But she, she's clearly got some ability too. Rob, you're a big fan of three-year-old fillies. Where do you think mm. Rubisaki sits uh, over to say like the last five to ten years? How, how do you rate her? 
Oh, look, I, I think she's a, she's a bit of a line chaser, you know. I, I, I think she's a big heart, which is what you want in, in a racehorse, um, as well as ability. Um, but, you know, I, I I wouldn't, you know, she's she's sort of bashed up sort of B graders, C graders here. Like this, this thing, Akari, um, which has run fourth and loomed into it, uh, it even sucked me in for a little in play, but it seemed to have such a nice race shape and it, it was loom, running into it so well. That That's tied with this bet you're flying um and you know number 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 so um subpoenaed i think thinks a good horse like lizzie had it on top um it's, it's not that it's not the best type but you know even i my text had perfect wall I, I can't really be totally sure but mm. it looked it looked like it was holding that condition you know deep into a prep which was Waller can do and then you've got a horse like st cupboard spirit which has run third and you know like Maybe she's come to the end of it this prep, but what I'm saying is I wouldn't get carried away with her. I'll try. I'll, I'll think of a horse that um, a three-year-old filly like her um, in the next couple of minutes. Sure. Uh, race four was the Frank Packer plate over 2,000 metres, and I've, probably this is the most interesting betting race on the entire card. There was uh, some serious moves, I guess, leading up in towards Saturday, and they just seemed to consolidate, and one of those was for the winner, Canaan, who really stamped itself uh, on that potential it had shown previously, but has recorded the third best overall figure on the day on punting forms data. In terms of the class here, they've gone very fast to the 600, and, uh, yeah, Canaan's rattled off some strong sections on the way home. Mark, did you have a play uh, in race four? No, I I wanted to. I think like mm. everyone else, when they saw a quick tinker go up evens earlier in the week, they thought, oh, well, here's a chance, but... I couldn't sort them out, and I um, I ended up having what did I have? I had the three place getters sort of uh, sort of equal second pick behind Quick Tinker, who I, I just wasn't going to back under any circumstances. Um, uh, and and the winner was one where well, it was just spiralling upward. You know, an improving three year old staying type on the upward spiral, just really hard for me to get a handle on ratings wise. I knew it was going to improve off what it had done at Wyong. It was a really really impressive last hundred metres at Wyong, but. Quantifying that, I found hard, so I just I just plucked a figure for it and had an equal second favourite. It was, I think I had it around six bucks, so it was kind of backable, but I mm. just couldn't get a proper handle on the race to be confident in betting on it and um, let it go. Maybe missed an opportunity, but yeah, it was just it was just too hard for me to price. Rob, some more three-year-olds for you. Uh, any thoughts of this bunch? Um, look, I, I think we we can peg Quick Thinker as a as a bit of a wet tracker who had his birthday. Um, he, he seemed to look pretty good on the tally, holding mm. condition, walking around, relaxed, you know, no, no sweat in the wrong spot. So, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't bet on the race. Um, Canaan's finish reminded me a bit of Colette, you know, really charged through the line. So it might have some sort of few, um, you know, big bets to Brisbane or something. It, it'd have to be there. This race, Brisbane cup, uh, sorry, Brisbane Derby lead up, um, Trying to think of the horse that ended up dying, which I kind of declared on this race a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, mate, look, I, I haven't seen this for a little while. That Entente is running well by Dundeal. Um, you know, it, it looked the winner there at the top of the straight. Um, but yeah, just couldn't quite hold on, mate. Um, I, I can't, I can't give you much more than that. You know, I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, well, speaking of horses that have a bit of a wrap on them, um, I. I think like most people, I was trying, I was keen to try and bet around King's Legacy, and mm. in the end, it's 
still proven to somehow get over Glenn Fiddick there right on the line, which uh, yeah. Rob for yourself, which is absolutely brutal. Uh, look, they've right. gone slow here, three and a half lengths slow to the 600. Uh, King's Legacy, oh, I don't know. I still struggle to, to rate this horse in terms of the overall pantheon of two-year-olds this year. Rob Scurry, what's your thoughts? Oh, look, he's, he's a decent enough type, like so many Snowdens are. You know, mm. do you think it costs $1.1 million or something, $1.2 million? So, you know, I'm sure, you know, Heron's got it priced at $10 million now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the figures that before the race, you know, we had Glenn Fiddick up there and I was asking mm. Dicko before the race, well, you know, what do you think of this Melbourne horse? He goes, uh, you know, it's okay. You know, it should be on pace and, you know, get the favours the way the track's running. So we had a little play there and... You know, so I knew it was going to be in the finish, and King's Legacy with Bowman on just just looked like it was always going to get there, and um, yeah, it did. So it was it was, it was pretty gutting. Um, and and when Hollyfield missed the start, it did get every possible chance with with Tommy Berry. I think I think Tommy had a, had a had a run of seconds all day, mm. um, close seconds, and most of them he, he gave peaches to. So he, I can't blame him, um, but I can blame myself about um, aim. My God, um, fresh Snowden. Is a number. Um, maybe he's just had enough. Maybe he's got some head issues. Probably need to kill it or something. Um, old Kirk, you know, just disappointing, mate. Like this, they really need to downgrade this race. The, the, the two-year-old triple crown seems to be a shadow of it once was. It's you know the days of terse and burst and what was that thing that ran in it? Anyway, I'm talking about a 1993 race. Mark, can you help me out? What was what was what was the biggest certainty beaten in the in the Champagne when? Oh, uh, uh, Shane Dye wrote it in the pinky uh, colours. Uh, encounter. 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 Yeah. <laughs> 96. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. 96. Yeah, it ran in. I remember being on a family holiday watching that. And I think it won the next start. And. Um, but even since then, horses like, you know, Dance Hero and Piero and all those, you know, the, the stars of the year would end up in the Champagne Stakes. But this was abysmal, really. Mm. Zava Beal had a good Did result it? on him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roggie. Yeah, it's a, it's, this was, I don't know if it's always going to be an awful race, you know, from now on, but it, this was bad. I mean, it hasn't been good for a few years, actually, has it? it the 100 to 1 Philly won it from Newcastle. Ben Smith, what was that? Um, oh, El Dorado Dreaming. That's the one, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been a, it's been for the B and C graders for a little while, and you know that's fine. It's still it's a race. You've got to try and find the winner. But you know when you've got um, Mr. Quindell screaming the Group One King when he comes down <laughs> Fiddick on the line, who Quinn Fiddick, uh, first first two year old since the eighteen nineties, I think to have one hundred starts in its first preparation. <laughs> uh, it's run in everything. <laughs> And still nearly winning this, so yeah. Um, a bit of Twitter chat about whether King's Legacy was in the fight for the two-year-old of the year. Oh. Gee whiz. Gee whiz. Wow. <laughs> no. I, th- I think Dicko almost was the underbidder on, on a size winner. winner. He'll hate for me to bring this one up. I think it's called Mission River for Paul Perry a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Another, where's he? Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a pie race these days. So, yeah, that's, yeah and certainly, certainly shouldn't be... Uh, uh, keeping its Group 1 status for much longer, although I'm sure it will. <laughs> oh, the great game. Can't mess with those breeders. Uh, race 6 was the JRA plate over 2,000 metres, and 
Uh, Marky had a collect uh, with Life Less Ordinary here. They've gone even for the class to the 600, 1.4 lengths slow. Uh, but Life Less Ordinary just had that nice inside gate. It was written a little bit more positive as well uh, yep. from the inside. And uh, the horse I was pretty keen to take on, Shared Ambition, pretty much eventuated like I thought it would get back and be running on and it'll be over too late. Um, but uh, Mark, just give us a, 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 an insight into your thoughts leading into the race uh, with regards to Life Less Ordinary. Yeah, a little bit of best P profile. He started favourites in the Neville Selwood, mm. you know, similar kind of race to this last start, and was totally unsuited. Just got a long way back in a in a pretty slow pace from memory, and, and just never got into the race. And yeah, it was barrier one. I thought he'd be close to the speed. Uh, he doesn't win many. That was a bit of a negative, but he'd run some really good races at Group One weight Brogues level, and just for the price he was, I thought he was worth backing. Uh, I was a bit the same with you with shared ambition. I thought. Um, I thought they'd probably uh, not ride it positively, which I thought was really going to be their only chance to win the race. Uh, he's run really well, uh, totally unsuited. Uh, a lot of people are trying to tell you, you know, we'll win the Melbourne Cup or the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race or whatever. I <laughs> might have, he might be a myth because there's always been an excuse for him. You know, there might be just a little bit of myth in him. I'm not sure yet, um, but. Certainly can't really knock him on Saturday's performance. Um, Graceful Glamour, I ended up saving my stake on because I was expecting the track to still be pretty chopped up, but it, it didn't play too badly in terms of the firmness of the ground. And she, she's a genuine dry tracker and was always going to get the lead. So she's run really well uh, also. Yeah, that horse has been ultra consistent. Uh, Rob, your thoughts on race six there from uh, from Saturday? Oh, uh, we, we had a small play here um, on Graceful Glamour and Ocean X. It was, it was a bit of a, car- a carbon copy of the previous race, actually, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> out in front and kind of always kind of thought it was going to get beat. Um, Life Left Ordinary, I did find in the run um, about 600. It was tracking up nicely on the rail, so I kind of, a bit like Mark, I sort of had a, a saver on it. And, um, yeah, Shared Ambition is, is a horse that I've, I've taken on every start. It's... A bit like subpoenaed, um, bit of a boom on it. Doesn't yeah. look like much. Um, so it yet yeah, with its pattern, it's always going to be a horse that um, I'm going to take on. That they really came for this best of days. He seemed to SP really short off not doing much this prep. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, Yulong Prince has run really well uh, against the pattern. Um, um, I, I, I'll never catch him, um, but. <laughs> That's if you look at the, it's a bit like the run, you know, leading up to the Doncaster, just enormous. There is yeah. is is race three wide, and he's still coming on the line, whereas he was so weak in the Doncaster yeah, after the being lowest, chucked. It was the lowest run of all time in the Doncaster. Mm. It wasn't a dirty. It was just just yeah. like it was, it's going to win at the four hundred, and then at the hundred, <laughs> it's yeah. Um, Chris 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 said to me, he said, uh, just maybe stick to the um to the up and coming horses. The, these old ones, they think a bit too much. <laughs> oh, love it! Uh, speaking of the up and comers versus the the old ones, uh, the all age stakes fourteen hundred Group One. Uh, Tafane, Tafane, however you want to say it, has clocked another couple of decently sized splits on the way home to just nail Pirata, who was ridden positively. It was a great ride from Tommy Berry there, but unfortunately didn't do that in the previous two starts of Pirata because it might have actually yeah. won either of those two starts. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, the horse itself in its last ever run did really well. And 
as I, as I thought, the market came heavily for bivouac, but he probably didn't really fire a shot. So I suspect that's uh, prep over and we'll see him back in the spring or never again, depending on what they want to do with him. Uh, Mark, did you play in the all-aged? No, it was, uh, I came up with the same, well, what were the four main chances in the early market? Uh, bivouac, Pirata, um, Sandarana, and a bit of a gap to Tafani. So I was a bit too similar. And then on... Yeah, I was sort of leaning Bivouac Parada over Sandorana, which I thought Sandorana uh, had every chance in the TJ where the other two probably didn't. Mm. So that was my thinking there. But there, there just wasn't enough value to bet. Um, yeah, I think you're 100% right about Tommy Berry's ride uh, and the horse's performance. That's one of his best ever runs, I think, and he's and he's got beaten, which is very unfortunate for him in his last start. Um, this mare, though, what a, what a prep she's had. She just, um, without winning uh, at the, the Group 1 level, she just become more and more competitive and run run so well on the TJ Smith. I just wondered whether this was end of prep now, bridge too far, 1,400, all that sort of stuff. But no, God, she attacked the line. She's rated through the roof with me. And, um, yeah, they, they, they want to race on with her. They've got a pretty serious horse now. Yeah, it was the same with punting forms, data as well. Tafane and Pierrata have recorded the top two performances on the card. Uh, Rob, for yourself... With these sprinters, I guess we'll see some of them again when it comes around to the spring, but uh, what, what's your thoughts on the field in general? Oh, look, um, I, I was a bit like Mark. I, I, I couldn't see a bet here. Um, the, the market seemed to have it just right. Um, to find, did, did that run second in the Galaxy as well to I'm Excited? Sorry to bring uh, up my, yeah, last, yeah. my last winner. Yeah, um, Third in a blanket go, yeah. Yeah, so look, it, it's it just seems to be upward spiral um for seeker she's as on they come shown something but bivouac um on the little birdie pod and this um was it sarah was saying that she's been up since january so she <laughs> might have a you know strong point um you know horses aren't machines they, they do have enough and you know it seemed to have the perfect run so it's it's probably going to definitely go out um you know with the legendary microphone going to start this year they might um <laughs> give it a bit longer um santa Ana lane look I, I don't like it drawn inside um it's a great horse um look, they're all they're all really quality horses probably white moss has had enough um sylvia's mother's below this level dreamforce on a softer track um probably had enough standout don't know what to make of it um elise for mark yeah, poison. Absolutely poison. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, look. Um, where where are these horses going uh, from here? Who's are we, are we going to Brisbane? Should I be thinking about Brisbane? Uh, didn't they? I mean, they'll probably change this, but I read the regulations about the zone racing in Queensland. And if, they, if you weren't in Queensland by date X, I don't think you're allowed in until the bans were lifted. So, if they have a carnival, I think it'll be locals only or horses already there. They are being very, um, you know, border conscious, aren't they? They're yeah. blocking people and, yeah, they're, yeah. they're taking it serious. Yes. <laughs> All right. Race is, this, is this part also. of the One World Government's uh, plan to turn us all into zombies or robots or something, Rob? Is that what's going on here? Something like that. You just you just go and trust Bill Gates, mate. He'll look after you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, outstanding. All right, race eight was the Hallmark Stakes over 1,200. Uh, they've gone very slow here, 7.2 lengths slow for the class to the 600. And uh, no surprise, the horse basically sitting on speed, grey worm, 
was able to sprint off that very, very slow tempo and got a win for Tommy Berry. Uh, defeating Trekking, Kementari, um, Deprived probably didn't fire a shot uh, considering. Uh, Mark, did you have a play in race eight at all? Yeah, I stuffed it up. As soon as acceptances came out, I fell in love with Deprived with his monster Randwick and Randwick 1200 record. Um, having a look at the pattern on this day last year, they were able to sort of by late in the day come down the middle and I thought, well, that's where he's going to be. Talked myself into, into there being more speed in the race than there was. I thought Booker might light it up from out wide. I was trying to construct um, scenarios to make life easier for Deprived, but it didn't pan out. And uh, when he ended up behind the trekking in the run, that was it was gone. That was all over. But a uh, bit of a lesson there for young players. Don't don't handcuff yourself too early to um, do an opinion like that because really Grey Worm was the one that was going to be suited. He, he was around $8, $9, the first markets I looked at, and I thought, I'll be saving on this horse. But, of course, as it became clearer and clearer that he was going to be really well suited. The price just kept shortening and shortening and shortening, and he got too short for me to even save on, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, if I'd been a bit more flexible in my thinking, I probably should have won on the race. Rob, Kementari, what, what, yep. what are we doing with Kementari? And is it more to the point, are we still not sure because Hugh Bowman was on board? Look, I, I think he's a genuine genuine horse and, and gelding him is you know I, I think he wants to really be a racehorse I, I, I thought he ran you know amazingly well I was sort of spewing at the 800 when I saw them slow down and Huey had it third back defence because this is a horse that can take a position you can pretty much ride him anywhere Kevin Tari so mm. if, if he if he, if he just gets in the coffin there behind the leader I think he's every chance to run him down in the straight but old Huey no plan just ride him how's they feel and um Back he went, back he went, back he went. Couldn't get out. And, um, yeah, you know, look, I'm making excuses for a much maligned horse, but I, I think he's really honest and um, just about wherever he goes, he'll be winning, you know. I, I think next start. Um, <laughs> look, I so, do have a – what do you think, Mark? Kim and well, they've got no option with him than to just battle on. I mean, I don't think sewing them back on is a medical possibility. So <laughs> they're um, – They've just got to race him. Uh, the, the problem for him is he's got a handicap rating of 109, which is just going to make him hard to place and, yep. until that drops a bit, I think. I thought he was well-placed here with, like, 60 kilos. Oh, he, um, he wasn't badly placed, yeah. And, you know, the inside, I thought, you know, that was going all right all day. Trekking looked slightly underdone to me. Deprived looked very forward first up a couple of months ago. So I was I was happy to sort of let him go. And yeah. the old blue colours fresh is is, is usually best. Um, trekking can, can improve. I thought his run was pretty good. He, he, you know, attacked the line despite having a, you know, being three wide, no cover. Um, other than that, um, you know, time Gonski. Um, yeah. I don't know what this deep image is. Um, Booker Gonski. Signore Fox, he's, he's, he's a Saturday horse only. Yep. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty skinny race. Um, Grey Worm, um, you know, keeps winning. He's got, he's got a little bit more ability than I thought. And a full prep racing style. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, 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 he's a decent horse, but um, I don't know. Run the race 10 times, and I, I think Kemetari wins at least half of them. And speaking of blue colours fresh, we'll just touch on it very briefly. Race 9. There was all the field bar three horses were coming off, uh, you know, either freshen ups or they were coming into this race first up. And uh, Rob Rainier, this time with Hugh Bowman on board, managed to scythe his way through the field after settling last 
and uh, somehow got there. Uh, I, I still don't know how. Anyway. Look, I, I, did, I didn't back it. Um, and I had it in the numbers, like second. I thought it just mm. looked perfect on on the tally, and and then I saw Hugh Bowman barrow fifteen. I'm like, ah, you know, no, no need. We'll, we'll just, we'll just. <laughs> I couldn't. The figures did, weren't there for Lanciato, which I had a decent bet on um, myself, but but it wasn't in our figures. So I, at the, the two hundred, I thought that was going to win. Um, Chief Ironside um, was a horse that you know, Mailbag had a lot, real bit of luck with mm. on Cox Plate Day. It was. And um, so that that stuck in my mind, but the market knew about him. He went from 15 to 35s in the last, you know, five ten minutes on betfair.com.au. So I knew I was kind of cooked there. Um, yeah, it was disgusting. Uh, Rainier winning after Huey just just giving it to me the start race before and all day, man. Huey was on King's Legacy, killed me. Glenfiddich. <laughs> uh, uh, it was just just Huey was destroying me all day. Um, so yeah, I was in I was in a pretty dark place. I kind of painted on a smile for the kids, and um, <laughs> but internally I was I was in a world of hurt Saturday night. But oh. you know, Sunday comes round, old curly up into Toowoomba, get a couple on early, a little bit of movie time in run betting before you know I'm back to square. Happy days. Thanks. It's a never-ending race day. Uh, Mark, did you have any interest in this last race? Yeah, I had a, had a bet on Desert Lord, one of the few good ones in the race, as you mm. touched on before. I thought he was going to be up on the speed and give himself a chance, but he was uh, he was ridden perfectly by T-Bear again, but didn't finish off. Uh, I, I don't play Quaddy seriously anymore because they're awful, um, but I did have a little one on Saturday and had the first three legs and face toss and dealmaker and not raining so that was good. <laughs> so Huey's done you too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I knew Huey. Got his head right down low, right on the line. Oh, Poor old Darren didn't see it come. It was all time as well. It was such a such a magnificent ride. He's he's had a a, a really good carnival overall. But yep. if you haven't picked him at times, it's borderline insane asylum stuff. Um, <laughs> yep. But that brings 100%. us that brings us to the end of the Randwick Carnival. Uh, not exactly sure where we go from here. I presume, uh, as you alluded to before, Rob, uh, we'll be talking about or looking at Brisbane and Adelaide and some of these other carnivals, but whether or not they actually have the, the status and the, the glamour of previous years, almost certainly not. Um, we've got, oh, sorry, we've got the big Hawkesbury card at Rose Hill on Saturday. Ooh. That sounds confusing. But they're running it at Rose Hill, so the Metro jockeys can ride there. It sounds like a nightmare on that track, mate. Oh, God. I thought, I thought up, last Saturday was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think the Scone Saturdays at Randwick in a few weeks as well. So the yeah, that's all. Happening. Yeah, they have. That's that's what they've done. Um, anyway, we'd we'd just bat on, try and take it as they come, and um, pick the yep. patterns and, and keep betting. That's all you can do. Uh, Mark for yourself, winning edge investments, champion bets. What's your week looking like? Uh, I got a lighter week this week off a pretty pretty hectic one last week with Easter, and then in in the last weekend, but um, Canterbury. Return to Canterbury Wednesday's first up, so that'll be um, interesting. Anyway, <laughs> see what sort of track pattern we get served up there. But uh, uh, yeah, time will tell. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Should be fun <laughs> in play. Uh, Rob, for yourself, we'll be back on Saturday, chipping away as usual. Uh, not at Hawkesbury, yeah. obviously. Rose Hill. No, can't Rose wait. Hill. How bloody I can't wonderful. wait. We, 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 do, we do, mate. We do for a photo. We do for one. But anyway, <laughs> so is the rent. All right, boys. <laughs> 
Very good. I'll speak to you both uh, next week. We'll review it. Why not? Yeah, excellent. Good fun. Cheers, Pete. Take care.